The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and it's that time of year when the housing market starts to pick up steam. So if you have been thinking about selling your home, please know a couple of things. Interest rates are going up. They're going to rise the rest of the year. If you need to sell or you're thinking about it, right now is the time to list your home with realestateagentsitrust.com. I started realestateagentsitrust.com because I knew there's, there had to be a better way to sell or buy a home. And with the market average for selling cycle of six to nine months, you need to get a jump on the rest of the market. Competition is going to be stiff this year, but with realestateagentsitrust.com, my team has assembled the agents who I trust, who you can trust, who will get the most money for your home as quickly as possible. At realestateagentsitrust.com, we've taken the guesswork and anxiety out of selling your home. So put them to work for you now. realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. realestateagentsitrust.com is a Mercury Real Estate LLC. Yeah, so we want to talk to you a little bit about Brick House, our uh, sponsor. Uh, for the broadcast today. Yeah, you know, we're going to talk about uh, getting all the foods that you need. Your mommy told you to, to eat your vegetables. Remember that? And, of course, I you never I, listened. Nope. Uh, um, never did. Look what? at me now. Yeah, well, that worked out well. You should change <laughs> the thing that Glenn did uh, and actually use uh, Brickhouse Nutrition. They have a great thing called Field of Greens, and it can make it so you get all of your vegetables every day. Get the nutrition things that you, you know, the nutrition uh, benefits that you need. Oh, you sound like my well, I mean, you're supposed to eat that stuff, Glenn. I know. Um, but the good thing is a lot of these uh, superfood products are just like extracts, and they're not they're not the real stuff. This is real food. This is real food from Field of Greens, Brickhouse Nutrition. Never eat a salad or broccoli again. That's what I like. <laughs> it's not in their slogan. No, it's uh, in, that <laughs> should be. BrickhouseGlenn.com is the place to go. Use promo code Glenn. Get 15% off your first order. Again, it's BrickhouseGlenn.com. It's great. Experience a better you tomorrow. Well, I don't know if I've experienced a better me tomorrow. But tomorrow's still yet to come. So yeah, maybe. you actually yeah, you have to make sure you use it. Before. All I know, I'm a happier because I don't have to eat broccoli. <laughs> Glenn Beck. I was in Florida for the uh, 2000 election. I was in Florida during the recount. I was in Florida after the recount. I was in Florida when they said, this will never happen again because we're going to a whole new system. We got this thing down. I was in Florida when I told Florida, if this happens again, we're coming for you. I was in Florida when Florida almost set the whole world on fire. I was in Texas watching Florida, and on Monday, saying to Florida, I'm coming down with shovels and a saw, and we're going to dig, and then we're going to saw Florida off from the United States and just let it float into the middle of the ocean. Florida has done it again. Does anyone know what's going on in Broward County? It's been 72 hours, and they're still counting votes. In fact, in Broward County, they came out and said right away how many people came and voted. Then the next day, they came out and said, oh, there's about 10,000 more votes here. Wait a minute, what? 
Broward County is probably the most technologically advanced and economically developed areas in Florida. But for some reason, I just thought of it. They're probably using Common Core math. Where the answer really doesn't matter. But I'd like to see how they got there. The Broward County election supervisor claims that she doesn't even know how many ballots are left to be counted. Could I ask the Broward County election supervisor how that's even possible? Isn't that your one job? You work really one night. One. It's your one job. Now, I don't know if Broward County election supervisor knows this, but literally every other county in the nation reported the results pretty much minute by minute. Not so in Broward County, Florida. Large dumps of voting results are being pushed out at late night hours. And curiously, they always seem to benefit the Democrats. Oh my gosh, look, we just found some more Democratic ballots. To say something is rotten in the county of Broward is being kind. Yesterday morning, a video was released on Twitter showing bags of ballots being transported in private vehicles and then loaded onto rental trucks. Now, is that your standard procedure? Because if it is, I don't think you should have the job. I don't think this is legal. I'd like to ask, where were the, quote, supervisors? Who is maintaining the chain of custody? What the hell was the rental truck for? Who's to say that ballots weren't just taken out and burned and replaced with fakes? There's no one to say this. No one. Because no one was supervising. This isn't legal. This is the reason why voting results are delayed and coming in late at night. Because you just had to put it in the back of your Porsche. And then take it out to some guys in the back of a truck? I don't know. It kind of seems a little shady. But, hey, the ends justify the means. If we can just get a Democratic Socialist in there, I'm sure he'll fix it. Probably shouldn't use the word fix when we're talking about voting in Florida. Yesterday afternoon, over 100 ballots were rejected in Miami after finding out the people that voted had voted multiple times. Republican Senate candidate Rick Scott has had enough. He's just filed a lawsuit late last night accusing Florida election officials of hiding information. The lawsuit even suggests that the election supervisor in Palm Beach County illegally used her own judgment. Palm Beach County, I swear to God. I lived in Florida in 2000, Palm Beach County. I'm not a guy who's for, you know, just higgledy-piggledy executions. But I got to tell you, 
What the hell is wrong with you? So they uh, uh, apparently their election supervisor uh, took it upon herself just to uh, determine voter intent when reviewing both damaged and incorrectly filled out ballots. So basically, she took the ballot and said, "Ah, I don't know. It looks like they were trying to vote for the Democrat. This is insane. You are the only group of people that could take the hanging chads and make it worse. This appears like legitimate election tampering and fraud. Congratulations, Florida. You just showed that you're no better than countries like Russia. To steal a little bit from the great sage Forrest Gump, corrupt is as corrupt does. It's Friday, November 9th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. I think I, you know, I, I think, I think I could have handled it from any other state. Really could. I, I haven't snapped. It was happening here in Texas. I haven't snapped. They're looking into it. Uh, I just got a letter, an email in this morning uh, that I have to read to you because it, it's happened in other states. Uh, and I haven't snapped. But Florida? Florida? The people who brought us selected, not elected? Oh, my gosh. You need a timeout. Everybody in Florida, you need a timeout. Let me, sh- let me read this to you here. Um, listen to this. Dear Glenn, I want you to know the state of Iowa yesterday. Our sister and daughter and son-in-law, who is a U.S. citizen but from Argentina and speaks with a heavy accent, went in to vote ahead of his wife. They handed him, my nephew, a voting ballot that was inside a plastic sheet. He went to the voting table before the, uh, um, before the machines, and when he looked at it, he saw that the ballot was already filled out with all of the Democratic candidates. He got angry and went back to them and said, what are you doing? Give me a ballot that's blanked. Blank. They seemed a little flustered, as if they were hiding something. My extended family believes the volunteers expected that he was an illegal who didn't know better by his thick accent and dark skin, which would be racist, of course. It seemed that they had a separate container with these pre-marked Democratic ballots. I am furious. My entire family is furious. My sister said trucks of illegals are taken to work in the town for Tyson. There are many of those that are being given these Democratic marked ballots at the voting station. Only a driver's license is required to vote there. The attendants tell them uh, just to push it through the machine. Clear voter fraud. This is in Iowa. We don't need Russia to do it. We got our own people doing it. You're just not going to say anything today, are you? Just- I'm happy to say you were in a rant and I didn't want to cut you off. Do you, th- you believe there was a mass voter fraud in, in California, in uh, Florida? I mean, it's obviously no. I don't bizarre. believe anything. I think that there is the possibility. I think we're just going to go through what we went through in 2000, where nothing is really, really super clear. It's just muddied waters, and just helps us be a little more. I don't know. 1968 in our spirit for the country. 
Well, it's amazing because they have, you know, they're supposed to, a recount is not necessarily bad, right? Every close, no. every close election uh, legally has a recount. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yes. It's just the idea that they're supposed to in Broward County supposed to be able to say, hey, we have this many ballots left uh, to count. Uh, here's and they just keep finding them. Like there's yeah. there's a story of this uh, person working at a school who found a box that just said uh, provisional ballots, mm-hmm. and she was afraid to open it mm-hmm. because she was afraid to tamper with evidence. When they opened it, it was just a bunch of like you know uh, signs and and pencils, and, and there weren't any ballots mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm. But this is the sort of thing you're talking about. These are you know there's local schools they're finding bo- ballots of you know boxes they think might have ballots in them. You know large numbers of, of votes are just popping up kind of out of nowhere. You know it's really kind of interesting. You should be able to count when you come in every state I've ever voted in, including Florida. You come in and you have to sign. They find your name, you sign, and they give you a ballot. You should be able to count that and say, here are the number of people that voted. How come Florida and Broward County can't tell us how many people voted? And then they're like, oh, you know what? Oh, my gosh. I just I had this. It's my it's in it was I found these in my secure suit pocket. But here are some more. How, How is that possible? Right. I mean, some states have rules where mail-in ballots can come in after Election Day. For example, California, I think today is the deadline uh, in California, where if you if you mail a ballot that is mailed and postmarked by Election Day and it gets there by Friday, the vote can still count. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of these California House races are out there and still undecided and maybe mm-hmm. won't be decided for God knows how long. Uh, but, I, you know, that's not supposed to be I the case. we're in- making anything better. I don't think we're making anything better. I don't know about you, but I don't remember all these problems growing up. I don't remember them. And maybe they were all corrupt back then, but I don't remember. I do remember some dead people in Chicago. Oh, no, I do times. remember. Yeah, no, but that's <laughs> Chicago. And, you know, uh, Florida, it's not you. Anybody who's lived in Florida their whole life, I don't think it's you. I think it's the corrupt Democrats that are moving out of New York. Don't let them New York your Florida. <laughs> don't do it. Because right now they're Californian, my Texas, and I don't like it. Don't let them New York your Florida. I'm telling you right now. Oh my gosh, maybe a little late on that bandwagon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think we're really, really late on this. As um, a person, by the way, I fully agree with you. As a person born in New York, currently living in Texas, completely agree with you. Oh, I said to I said when we moved down here, Rick Perry was the governor, and I walked in and I said, "We got to take care of this border," and he said. Uh, I know we're working. I said, no, 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 you misunderstand the northern border. You got to stop people like me from moving into the state. You got to stop. All right. Uh, Our sponsor this half hour is Car Shield. If you've ever taken your car into the mechanic and you're like, I just need an oil change. You come back the next day and they're like, yeah, well, we found out that your engine is falling out. And so we had to replace the engine. You're like, I just wanted an oil change. You don't have to worry about it. Car Shield has you covered on all of the unexpected surprise. Carshield.com. Carshield.com. Call them now. 800 car 6100. Use the promo code back. You know this feeling just as much as I do. When that check engine light comes on, does anybody else just def- try to defy that? I'm not. I'm not. You're just a little light. I'm not checking the engine. Yeah, a little light can't tell you what to do. Yeah. You're a human it's being. It's not the boss of me. 
I choose to stand on the side of the highway with my engine smoking. Okay? <laughs> That's my choice. Call 1-800-CAR-6100. Mention the promo code back and uh, no longer swear at that little check engine light. Um, you'll save 10% right now if you use the promo code back at carshield.com. Deductible may apply. It's carshield.com. Promo code back. Hmm. You know, one of the last things my dad said to me was, I don't envy you, son. And I said, why is that? And he said, because in my life, things were, you know, we had World War II, but I just don't know how you guys are going to get past all of this stuff. So I'm glad I'm leaving. And I'm like, okay, thank you, Dad. That's not the deathbed <laughs> message I was hoping for, but thank you for that. Um, you know, I, I, for one, am kind of, I don't believe in the rapture, but I'm willing. I'm willing. I mean, I don't care if I have to be in a Nike cult, if that's what gets me taken. And I'd like it in the next six months. What do you think? I can make you some Kool-Aid if you're interested. Well, no, I don't want to go. No, I don't want to go that way. I'd like go, the Lord to do it. You don't want to go up heaven's chimney? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's a good way to go. No, heaven's chimney is not uh, not exactly what I'm looking for. But mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the offers, Stu. I appreciate that. And the FBI will be notified. Um <laughs> I do have, um, first of all, the Tucker Carlson thing uh, is is despicable. And uh, when Tucker said yesterday that he thinks he knows who it is, it's fascinating that this came out last night, that he thinks he knows who it is, and he thinks he knows that it was a guest on his show. I had two sources reach out to me last night and say they watched the video and they know who the guy is. And they said... He's a guy who was on Tucker's show and Tucker uh, humiliated him, um, you know, just by letting him speak. And uh, and I said, are you willing to go on the record? They're like, no, this guy's really dangerous. No. Um, So I uh, I didn't even ask the name of the guy because I don't want to know it if I can't get anybody to go on record. But uh, I got those phone calls last night. And then what happened? Tucker comes out and says, I think I know who the guy is. I think the guy is just recently on my show. It's a bad guy. If that's who it is, this is a bad guy. I don't think there's a lot of love for this idea. There's been some leftists who have come out and said, hey, you know, who cares if Tucker Carlson uh, gets terrified? He's terrifying people every day with his hatred and blah, blah, blah. There's been a lot of people, though, who realize that this is over the line. This is this is, however, even on the left, why we need to have why we need to be a different. And as I was saying on tour, a peculiar people, we need to stand out as being peaceful and uh, not part of that, because I've been saying this for the last few years. The only thing that hasn't happened to repeat the 60s is assassinations. Now, we've had assassination attempts, but it was on the right. So they didn't care. Okay, so the guy was just trying to kill all the congressmen that are Republicans. Oh, well, let's brush that underneath. If this happens to a journalist. <sighs> Good God. I, I mean, and you God, know what? That doesn't happen. Could you. This is something I said on Fox. You journalists don't have any idea. And you are cozying up to these people. 
and you have no idea. And when the crap really hits the fan, they will come and they will drag you out of your chair from your comfy studio and beat you to death in the streets. And I included myself in that. So you don't know what we're playing with and who we're dealing with here. I think we are there. I think we are getting to that point. Oh, yeah. I mean, had, you know, this is a little bit unrelated, but we had that incident uh, a few months ago where a guy went into a newspaper and shot up the newspaper. Yes. Uh, It can happen. Everyone should be on their knees praying for Ruth Bader Ginsburg right now. Praying. If she would die now, right now, that is, uh, can you imagine? I mean, what did they do? The only thing they didn't do during Kavanaugh was firebomb and kill people. They did everything else. You can't go further than they did. You can't go fur- further without violence, right? You yeah. can't. I mean, they can't. They accuse the guy of gang rape, right? right? So I don't know how you go further. Verbally. And they and they had people in the streets, and they were, mm-hmm. you know, they were on the edge, but there was no violence. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were unhinged on the streets. The only thing to escal- escalate this is to go to violence. And if you don't think that would happen with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, you're you're crazy. Uh, first of all, she's doing better. She's back at Thank work. God. Um, and so this is, you know, but it does make it made people think about, you know, that as a possibility. Um, you know, obviously you pray for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Also, just because she's a person, right? <laughs> like we just because yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. just because she's completely wrong on the Constitution every single time does no. not mean you don't pray for her. She That's... was a friend of Scalia's. She's oh, got yeah. to be a pretty decent woman. I mean, I, I don't care about mm. her politics. She's uh, she, she seems like a really fun and decent woman. And she was very well liked by a lot of the conservatives on the court. Correct. You know, that doesn't mean I want her on the court. I'd Correct. rather have I'd like to have her retire and be replaced by someone who cares about the Constitution of Correct. the United States rather than South Africa. That's a whole other situation, though. Um, and you're right. I mean, they're so worked up on the left over, you know, they don't like losing. Right. They don't they don't like it. They don't like the idea that, uh, you know, that a, a conservative is on the court. They don't like the fact that if someone were to, because, you know, people were talking about this. Well, if uh, Ginsburg um, does retire, they should replace her with a, with a moderate. No, they should not. They replace someone with a constitutionalist. They should replace her with a uh, an originalist and a constitutionalist. That's what the job is supposed to be for. Right. You don't do this because you feel like, oh, well, we should play to the other side. No, you do you, it because of the Constitution. You replace with a constitutionalist, not a Republican, not a Democrat, Glenn a constitutionalist. Beth. Mercury. So here we go. Uh, Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed is uh, joining us now. And uh, you, too, are a little upset about the, uh, the Florida situation. Again, Florida trying to screw up the country. What? in the? I mean, everything seemed fine yesterday. So, okay, we, we dodged a bullet in the governorship for Florida, uh, in the Senate seat in Florida, looking pretty good in Arizona. Everything should be okay. Yes, they got the... House control back, but mm-hmm. other than that, everything went really well. Well, now it's completely changed. Maybe. Well, cinema in Arizona <laughs> is looks ahead. like she's ahead, and now there's a recount in both races in Florida for Senate mm-hmm. and for the governorship. And the one I'm concerned about. I mean, I haven't. Have you guys heard anything about uh, foul play in Arizona? I have not. I haven't. I, Rick Scott is kind of 
concerned about that in Florida, obviously. Right. I know we, we're talking about Florida, and I, I want to get Marco Rubio on today because he is on fire about this. Should be. Yeah. Um, but I, I haven't heard anything about foul play in Arizona. So if that's if it's all up and up, then that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Florida mm-hmm. is uh, they're not saying how many more ballots they have to count. Why not? Yeah. How so, do you not know? It's also right. their legal responsibility. Yes. Uh, to be able to it's I can't remember the name of the act, but they are legally responsible to be able to rep- to report on these things and tell them how many ballots they have left and all a bunch of details. And they're just not. Yeah, they're required con- to. Yeah, if they're, not, anyone, they're still not doing it. If anyone I, I'm Jeez. telling you, the feds should be involved in this now. Mm-hmm. If anyone is caught tampering with these ballots, they should go to prison, not jail. They should go to prison for a very long time. We yeah. lose control of the ballot and lose faith in our election system. We've got nothing left. And you know what's really interesting is it was, well, he's not my president. He was selected, not elected, because they all declared Al Gore the winner and then Bush Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I guess you could say that about your governor, and I bet you could say that now about your senator if they end up winning. Right. Well, selected, not elected. Yeah. Did you hear about Broward County where the election supervisor was just eyeballing and, and making the call where the ballots weren't clear on who they voted for? She was just looking at him going, oh, yeah, that looks like that's a Democratic one. Wow. Yeah. By the way, oh, other big news. Other big so news. So is that how they went from 54,000 ahead with the Rick Scott campaign down to 17,000 ahead? Don't know. Don't know. So um, uh, other big news. I apologized on Twitter this morning when I found out. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have heard yet, but if so, I'd like to open the floor for your apology as well. My apology to the Trump administration for just believing that... Uh, the White House had put an edited tape out and they had sped up Jim Acosta's arm. Have you heard the recent news on this? I mean, I, I watched the analysis of it. I mean, it, it, I don't think they did it intentionally, but it does seem like they did speed it up because of the uh, the conversion file of the file. Correct, right? but that's not what anyone was saying yesterday. Oh, okay. They were yesterday. They were saying, oh, they just took an Alex Jones file. Now, we did not report that, uh, but we did report that they played a doctored tape that was sped up, and we said that that was wrong if they were doing that. That is not what they did. And do you know who reported this? You know who did the investigation on it? BuzzFeed News. Yeah. BuzzFeed News found that if you take just the the raw video and then you take and you is it GIF convert it to a GIF or, or yeah GIF right I would go GIF yeah yeah not so, a GIF that's there's there's a long term uh, debate about I know one, I, I know believe it is I can never GIF. remember which one yeah. is the winning uh, winning anyway um, uh, GIF is the peanut butter that's how you remember ah right. yes that's it mm-hmm. what it does is uh, it it edits frames out. And so you lose like 15 frames. Oh. And so it looks like you sped it up, but you didn't. You just cut frames out automatically when you convert mm. it. It cuts frames out. Mm. So, so I mean, where is CNN? Where is CNN? Have they mm. apologized yet? Did they accuse? Because did they accuse the uh, I read White that House? everywhere. I don't watch CNN. I just assume because I read that everywhere yesterday morning. Mm hmm. That they were using a doctored tape and sped it up, and and you assumed that they meant that they they were just they took the Alex Jones yes. version and Correct. just and posted that. Correct. Yeah. Now you can you can convert and it in multiple ways, and <laughs> sir, I, I mean, 
we don't know if there's any intent to whoever did it originally. I know that uh, the Alex Jones circle was sharing it widely. We don't know exactly how they do it. Now, you can convert it in multiple ways. Certain ways make it look worse for uh, for Acosta than the other ways. When you look at the raw tape, though, when please, you look at the actual event, yeah. he didn't do anything he wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. Please. The and, only thing he did wrong was be and the, rude and, and, and ridiculous. Right. And the, the left yesterday on The View was saying that... Uh, she accosted him. Come on. Oh, come on. It's ridiculous. You don't have to believe all women. Come on. Oh, now all this, now, yeah, all now, now yeah. she's the oh, abuser. Man. This, she's you the know, abuser. 23-year-old woman is really beating the crap out of this, uh, you know, yeah, on reporter national TV. on national TV. I mean, ridiculous. it's so ridiculous. She tried to get the mic because the president directed her to do that. Go get that mic. So, so mm. I've been saying this for a while, and I'm always wrong on timing. Direction, I'm usually pretty close to being right, but I'm always wrong on timing. I've been saying for a while, 1968 is coming. This sure feels like the beginning of 1968. Everyone is charging and countercharging that mm-hmm. you're setting us up for violence. Uh, you're going to get someone killed. Assassinations already are a part of our life. They just haven't been successful yet. But they're already a part of our lives. Um, and God only knows what's coming. But mm-hmm. uh, you kill a journalist. Somebody shoots Sean Hannity or somebody shoots, uh, you know, who's on CNN? I don't even uh, Cuomo. You've got yourself a serious issue, a serious issue. The the country burns down. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think it takes that kind of event. I, I think we're teetering on the. You know, I was it, on election day. Andrew Heaton asked me, "So are we, you know?" Because we were both watching a, a news feed together, and, and he said, "So we're gonna have riots over this." I'm like, "No, it's a." And then I stopped. And I thought I was gonna say it's America, but is it? Is it now? Is it still America? The America that transfers power peacefully and doesn't have tanks and, and Molotov cocktails and so, all other manner of uh, weaponry in the streets after an election? It's, you know, so far we, if it's still America, we're not going to have riots and we're not going to have violence. But I don't know I'm that it sure, is. I'm not sure I don't it know. is. I'm not sure it is. So there's, um, the, the, the real problem is, I think, is that, I think there's 60% of this country that is still America, and they don't mm-hmm. want any of this. I think so, But too. they don't know And that where... might be about the right percentage, which is frightening. Right. And the, and the left has become... This is a religion now for them. It is. It is a religion. The left mm-hmm. is a religion. And um, when you have religious zealots... It's trouble when whenever a, a zealot says I'm right and everyone else is wrong, mm-hmm. there's your trouble. And and we are also teaching absolutely everything that is encouraging this. Let me let me read this. This this comes from uh, the West Virginia Gazette Mail. All right. And it's a, a story visiting classrooms for read aloud in West Virginia. It's weird judging by a nine-year-old. You look old. You're 48, aren't you? 
This is a kid in the front row of the class. Trolls start young. That's pretty good. We ought to get you a job at a carnival, I said. I thought about asking him for a try my weight, but I didn't want to hear that number spoken aloud among strangers, and I didn't want to press my luck. So this story is, is really nice. It t- t- talks about how these parents are going into schools and they're starting to read to kids, okay? And they are uh, nine-year-olds. Now, about, I don't know, 40 paragraphs in, they start talking about how the books that they're reading, uh, which, you know, I don't have any problems with the books. You know, they're reading The Stinky Cheese Man and, you know, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) The Read Aloud West Virginia had a list of reading suggestions uh, that work with the librarians and the teachers. But no religion and no politics, said the librarian. If uh, it's an obviously political or religious book or written by a provocative public figure, then you'd better just skip it. Third graders don't need to be read the Communist Manifesto. And if parents want to read Glenn Beck's Christmas sweater book to their kids, that's up to them. (laughs) Wait, so you're in the same category as the Communist Communist Manifesto. Manifesto. So I had (laughs) I, I, I honestly had no problem with that. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm a polarizing figure, blah, blah, blah. But there's nothing wrong with it. But it is overtly Christian in the end. Um, but then at Cedar Grove, staff made me feel welcome, told me how nice it was that I got there. And I went to my first classroom. Fourth graders gave me a bit of a hard time at first. I'd interrupted the nature lesson that involved a video about monkeys, but I read the stinky cheese man and a few more stories. A couple of kids tried to get in a joke or two, but overall it went pretty well on my way out. The teacher thanked me. One of the kids heckled me a couple of times and shouted, goodbye, Mr. Bill. I said, okay, I'll I'll see you next week. He looked surprised. Um, He was asking what the kids would like to see. Before I left the class, I asked them if they had any requests. Hands shot up. Now, this is in a group of five-year-olds. The first five-year-old I called on said, five nights at Freddy's. What? I muttered. (laughs) Five Nights at Freddy's. It's a video game series about a security guard trying to stay alive while being hunted by garish audio animatronic killers inside of Chuck E. Cheese. It's a children's restaurant. This is a popular video. There's a line of books, toys, and a film based on the games and the work. No, the teacher of the five-year-olds said. Mm. Apparently, the subject had come up before. So I called on a little girl seated in a chair next to the front. She said... I'd like you to read a story about Pennywise. I vetoed that one. Uh, Maybe not Stephen King. Mm. Pennywise is the evil shape-shifting clown in Mm -hmm. it. A third boy suggested Jason, as in Jason Voorhees. My gosh. That was also declined. Now, I don't know about you. But if you have five-year-olds asking for Jason, a girl asking for Pennywise, the Christmas sweater might not be a bad idea to throw in there. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening to our children? You might want to throw a little Christmas sweater in. Of course, as a religious zealot, you'd be saying that. (laughs) Of course. Come on. Of course. Jeez. Okay, Pat, thank you very much for uh, stopping by today. And thanks for your hard work on the Pat Gray uh, Show, which is called Pat Gray Unleashed. It's a podcast. You can listen to it uh, 
at your leisure. Wait, Pat, uh, more on trivia was today, right? Yes. What was the, uh, can we get the final score? Do you know? Off the top of your head? Yes, it was a little controversial today because we got toward the end and uh, tried to jam in the fourth quarter. didn't work, so we have to re- revert to the third quarter. Mm-hmm. So New Orleans over Cincinnati. Ah, all right. Yes. And what's your, what's your record this year? Seven and two. It's amazing. Wow, it's it's pretty amazing. Good. More in trivia yeah. is just amazing. I don't <laughs> know what it why. is. It just is. But it's amazing. Okay, thanks so much, Pat. Uh, we'll get the recap of more on trivia on Monday from Pat as he'll bring that in. And if you want to hear it, you can hear it on his podcast, uh, Pat Gray Unleashed. I want to talk to you about our sponsor, FilterBuy. Um, you doing FilterBuy yet still? Uh, yes, we have FilterBuy because that means uh, it, the, the, the filter will actually get changed. If we don't do yeah. filter by, then okay, we... be honest, be honest. Will I ever? Can you think of any time you've actually changed the filter? Oh, no, I don't. I'm not saying I do it. I'm just saying it will be changed. Oh, my gosh. At least I do it once it arrives. At the no, door. You, you do nothing. I did. You did nothing. I did, too. You do nothing for yourself. And there's no way you do this. I did it. You're making me feel terrible about myself. I you do it, it and I don't. I did it. I did it. Well, my wife ah. was with me, ah. but we did it as a couple. That was a date night. <laughs> you are a catch. <laughs> I know. No, we, we did it together, but I actually did it. If I didn't have filter by, I would never do it. I the, House could burn down and they could say it was it was a filter. It was so clogged with 20 years of crap. And they'd be like, huh? <laughs> well, they should have mailed it to me. Yeah. Filters now at filterby.com. You don't have to go and uh, you don't even have to remember. They just ship it to your door. 600 different sizes. They have the size that's right for you. They're made right here in America. This is the best thing. And you get a 5% discount if you just go on the, um, you know, auto send. So it finds out when you're supposed to change the filter, and then it sends it to you, and then you just go and take it from the front door and pop it in. It's really easy. Filter by. Filterbuy.com. Filterbuy. Filterbuy.com. Bill O'Reilly's coming up in just a few minutes. We have a lot to talk to him uh, about. We have Dimitri in Florida, who voted in Broward County. Hello, Dimitri. How are you? How you doing, sir? Hi. Uh, Nice to meet you guys, finally. Well, I wish so, it was on happier uh, circumstances. What the I hell is agree. wrong with Florida? I don't know, man. It's driving us nuts down here. We're always the laughing stock when it comes to voting. And not to mention, there's a third recount, not just for governor, Senate, and now for Department of Agriculture's uh, commissioner. Unreal. Okay, so, so what, was, what do you... what is the Republican winning, and now it's the, uh, the Democrat. What is the word? What is what's happening locally? Most people voted for Rick Scott for the Senate. Uh, everyone that I know pretty much has voted for him, whether they be Republican or Democrat, because they all believe that Bill Nelson is basically a seat filler at this point. Mm-hmm. He didn't do squat. And now I live two miles away from Parkland, or actually where MS or Stone Douglas is. When he came down, he didn't do anything. He didn't do a damn thing. So pretty much everyone is anti-Bill Nelson. Uh, Everyone likes, most people like Rick Scott because of what he's done with Stoneman Douglas and pushing stuff, as well as they believe he's getting a bad rap from the Democrats for a lot of the stuff that environment. And what about the, and and quickly, because I've only got about 15 seconds left here. Uh, What about the governor? Governor, uh, most people didn't want Gillum because it's too radical for us. Okay. You think there's corruption happening? Oh, yeah. With snipes? Of course there is. Okay. It always has been. All right. Thanks, Dimitri. I appreciate it.
Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to tell you about something that you should either end your day with or um, start your morning with, and that is the news and why it matters. If you like this show, you're going to love the news and why it matters. It's a bunch of us that all get together at the end of the day and just talk about the stories that matter to you and your life. The news and why it matters. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcast. Glenn Beck. The left admires coolness over policy. Take Beto. How many Beto admirers could actually tell you about his policy? Same thing goes with Bernie Sanders. Probably more than anyone else on earth is the ultimate cool guy, Barack Obama. Many on the left are far more likely to remember his change poster, you know, the one that he's done up like Che, than his craftiness with drone strikes or his ineptitude for keeping campaign promises. (coughs) Lately, there's been a push to achieve this with Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who leads the court's liberal wing. The poster artwork alone for Ginsburg, the recent film about her, It's a brand poster that you're going to find in Brooklyn. There's the book Notorious RBG, The Life and Times of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, with a slick rendering of RBG made to look like the iconic uh, photo of uh, Notorious B.O.G. on the cover. Beneath all the graphic design and the fawning, though, Ginsburg is not doing well. Her health is really becoming an unavoidable reality. The left has done its best to keep her, you know, upright. But yesterday brought another reminder that she is not as well as the left is blindly believing. And this poses a danger, I think, uh, to the country because the left is has their hair on fire. And if something happens to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, it could be the fuse that just pushes us over the edge. So. May I say this with all sincerity? I know that Chris Matthews said yesterday that this phrase should be literally outlawed. But uh, please keep Ginsburg in your hopes and prayers. The country needs to catch its breath. Ginsburg, she was 85. She fell while she was in her office. The Supreme Court police rushed to her, uh, rushed her to the Georgetown University Hospital. She has three broken ribs on her left side. I've only had bruised ribs. And I have to tell you, that hurts. I cannot even imagine what a broken rib feels like. She's the court's oldest justice. The fall is the latest in a series of health issues. She's uh, had broken ribs uh, and fallen and broken her ribs. I think two other times she has survived both uh, colon cancer and pancreatic cancer. I mean, she is a machine, In 2014, she had a stent placed right in her uh, right coronary uh, artery. And politics aside, we sincerely wish Ms. Ginsburg uh, a speedy recovery and a speedy return to work. We, like President Trump, will keep Ms. Ginsburg in our prayers. The politics of the situation are far less clear. I don't want to remind you what happened last time President Trump nominated a Supreme Court justice by the name of Brett Kavanaugh. But the left did not maintain their their cool attitude. So Ginsburg health is a serious issue. Think about what they did to Kavanaugh. How could you possibly escalate what they did to Kavanaugh? Without violence. I don't think there's a way and it will be an escalation from what they did to Kavanaugh 
for the next Supreme Court justice if they have to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It is, um, we're in a precarious situation, America, and we should be a unique and peculiar people. We on the right should be a people of peace and thoughtfulness and kindness because the other is coming and somebody's going to need a direction to run. It's Friday, November 9th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Bill O'Reilly from uh, BillOReilly.com and a friend of the program. Bill, I want to ask you quickly your thoughts. Have you ever met Ruth Ginsburg? No, but I knew Anton Scalia a little bit, and he liked her. He liked her a lot. Was, yeah, which was kind of perplexing to me because, you know, uh, Justice Ginsburg made no, you know, she's not a phony. I mean, she basically said, look, I'm ruling on my political beliefs and the Constitution be damned, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, she said so at I one point she was using Scalia, the, the, the at one moon, point, but it didn't. Yeah, at one point she said she was using the South African Constitution uh, <laughs> to make decisions. But uh, I, I enjoyed their friendship. It showed that two people that yeah. opposed to each other can still be friends, and I thought yeah, that was and good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good example. Yeah. But what you didn't report is that while Justice Ginsburg said she was going to use the South African Constitution. She was also listening to the Paul Simon uh, record uh, recorded down there. You can call me Al. Um, so, uh, Bill, let's start with uh, Broward County and Palm totally Beach County. Ignores me. I can't believe uh, is that uh, allowed. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. It is. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about voter uh, voter fraud. It, do you believe yeah. voter fraud is happening? How does this play out? What What should the government do? complicated issue because you know Broward County uh, is a problem always has been historically um, very very locked up Democrat and then all of a sudden we're getting a ton of votes out of Broward County as uh, Trump just pointed out about 10 minutes ago uh, in a little uh, press conference he had before he got on the plane to go to Paris um, and you got Arizona too you know these uh, ballots are coming and going and Look, we have a Federal Elections Commission, we have the FBI, and uh, I think you got to hand over all the stuff to it and let the uh, federal oversight kick in. Well, unfortunately, uh, you know, they've done a number on the FBI, so we don't really have the FBI that is, uh, you know, got a lot of confidence with uh, I still people. think that they're competent in doing things like that. I mean, they I came do up too. real fast catching the bomber. And, yeah. you know, I mean, look, um, if there's any whiff, then and the FBI has got to go down, take it well, away from the state people right away. You have Doesn't that make sense. You have Dr. Brenda uh, Snipes, who is the the you know election commissioner. It's her job to do this. In 2016, she got into trouble for throwing away ballots. Uh, the judge said she violated uh, federal and state laws on the ballots. But Broward County didn't do anything about it. I mean, no, because it's you know I don't know whether you know that area. I know it pretty well. Um, and it's just locked tight. Well, it's it is. I, I know by Democrats top to bottom. It is the county that with Stoneman Douglas in it. And we know that they didn't do anything for the the people on the school board who were obviously, uh, you know, had uh, hinky things going on with the shooting. The, the sheriff, Scott Israel, he's still the sheriff today. How can you expect anything not to be corrupt? I mean, if if I'm working in the. Uh, the ballot, and I uh, tend to be a corrupt person, 
and I see what just happened uh, and nobody did anything to Scott Israel. Nobody really did anything except blame the right. What makes you think that anybody's going to say anything about you if you fix the ballot? Well, look, uh, speculation is uh, not really useful here. I think that we have a new attorney general, acting attorney general. Um, Trump mentioned it before he got on his plane today. And I believe that um, the FBI will be down there very quickly in Ballard County, Florida. tell me about the new attorney general, because that also now is something that the Democrats are saying, you know, we don't accept him. He's uh, this is this is uh, probably an impeachable offense, yada, yada, yada. Tell me about him and what you think about Jeff Sessions leaving. Beck, I got to tell you, I, I just don't even bother with the partisan gibberish anymore I, I really don't i'm so busy with with really important stories and trying to accumulate facts that when these people say this stupid stuff look whitaker is a guy who was entrenched in the justice department under sessions he knows what's happening so he would be the logical guy that anybody would appoint correct yes so you you just the apparatus in the Justice Department continues to roll because you put a guy in who knows what's happening. And then a few months from now, you nominate who you believe should be the new attorney general. So it makes perfect sense. Now, Whitaker is on record is saying that he didn't believe the Hillary Clinton investigation was conducted properly. I believe that will be proven beyond a reasonable doubt by the inspector general's report. Yes. That's going to come out soon. Uh, he's also, you know, skeptical about uh, power given to Robert Mueller and other special prosecutors, as anybody should be. All right. So I don't see any problem with him. Number one. Well, hang Imagine- on just a sec. Wait, wait, wait. Um, remember that uh, Joe Manchin, uh, who, you know, was supposed to be this guy who was going to, you know, kind of. You know, he he was going to come from both, you know, both sides. Uh, He's the guy who came out yesterday and was talking about impeachment uh, for the president because of what's uh, because of this. Yeah. Somebody teed him off um, in the Trump administration. That's all personal. Um, Somebody did something. Um, So Manchin is really now that he won. He's scorched earth. Yeah. Um, Sessions looked befuddled in the job from day one. Mm hmm. Um, I said many on many different issues. Where's the attorney general? Why isn't he taking a more aggressive posture, i.e. sanctuary cities? Mm-hmm. Um, all of that. He, he just, you know, when you're a senator or a congressperson, part of your job and sometimes all of your job is being diplomatic and trying to raise money and trying to be back slap and schmooze a and all of this. That's not what Elliot Ness should be doing. You know, he's supposed to kick doors down and get bad guys. That's the kind of attorney general I would like. Any speculation? Like Bobby Kennedy is an attorney general. That uh, guy, no prisoners, no, man. He was great. He was great. He went after you. Um, so Jeff Sessions was, uh, I, you know, I, I just don't know. I, I might, maybe. You so, know, come on. So who do you think it might be? Chris Christie is speculation. Course, Lindsey Graham. As soon as I said it, everybody said it. I, I said on BillOReilly.com on Wednesday, it's going to be Chris Christie. Um, and then Thursday, everybody said it because Christie is owed. Trump owes him. And Trump even said it today in his little impromptu press conference. So that's if you're going to place a bet, that's who you place your bet on. How do you feel about that? 
I don't know. You know, Chrissy, uh, tough guy. Yeah, I know. You know, tough guy. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I know, I, right? You know? Yeah. It does, I don't uh, know if I, I want really my chief. run the state of New Jersey that well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Justice Department, big, big thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't like, uh, you know, I feel the same way about Rudy Giuliani, and I like Rudy Giuliani, but, uh, you know, I don't want a guy who you're like, hey, how come Bill's not in this meeting? Shh, don't ask that question. Don't yeah, ever ask Giuliani did a Bill real again. good job with law enforcement in New York City, though. Keep that in mind. No, I, I don't think he's going to in play. No. I don't think he's going to get it. No. Um, but boy, oh boy, did he clean up New York City. All right, let me go to, uh, I've got so much to talk to you about. We're going to take a break. I'm going to talk to you about Tucker Carlson, Acosta, the shooting at, uh, at Thousand Oaks, uh, and, and so much more when we come back with Bill O'Reilly, the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Killing the SS, a great book available everywhere, Killing the SS. Back with Bill O'Reilly in a second. First, let me tell you about X Chair. X chair is a great office chair. Now, I don't remember the name. Do you remember the name of those fancy chairs that they're like, I don't even know. They're like $2,000. There's some crazy. They're the ones who make all of the chairs in the airports. You know, those really nasty chairs in the airport. It's not ringing a bell. Okay. Well, it's a design thing. And everybody's like, oh, that's the greatest chair ever. They're not. They're not. I worked at a place that had those. They're not. They're overpriced. They're trust me they're not all that the x chair is in that class but it does not have that price tag uh it is a beautiful design chair it is really comfortable has i don't even know how many adjustments it's like seven thousand adjustments uh and it can uh it can fit your body whatever that body shape is. And now for the holidays, they have new colors in. They have red, and they also have white. They're really beautiful chairs. If you need something for your office home, for your office, or if you want something for the staff, this is the chair to buy. It is X Chair. They also have their X Flex Top Sit Stand Desk that you can check out as well at xchairbeck.com. Go there now, xchairbeck.com. You can get $100 off. Just go to xchairbeck.com. That's the letter X, chairbeck.com. Or call 844-4X-CHAIR. Comes with a 30-day, no questions asked, guarantee of complete satisfaction. If they don't love it, if you don't love it, they just come by and pick it up. And if you use the promo code BECK, you're also going to get a free footrest as well. It's xchairbeck.com. Welcome back to the program. It is Friday, and Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com joins us. Let me, uh, let me take you to uh, what happened in front of Tucker Carlson's house. Can we play the audio, please? This is what we believe to be Antifa um, surrounding his, his house uh, at night, scaring the life out of, his, uh, out of his wife. Here we go. We might need to know, we know where you sleep at night. Bill O'Reilly, who has had his uh, share of uh, of threats as well, nothing like this that I know of, Bill. How uh, uh, how do you respond to this? No, I had some uh, intrusions. I didn't make them public uh, because uh, of ch- children. Mm-hmm. 
and I had to have uh, actual armed guards sleep inside my house. I've had that too. Is there anything worse on your family than having to have? No. I've you had know, to have. I mean, uh, I've had armed guards sleeping at the doors of our bedrooms. You know, one of the reasons that I uh, don't regret leaving Fox News is because I don't have to deal with that anymore, and I had to deal with it every day of my life. Yeah. For uh, 16 years, uh, once we became number one, the first four when we were coming up, I didn't have to deal with it that much. But once we became successful, then the threats came every direction, Yeah, every direction, every day. Um, so, you know, I recommended on um, my website that, that Tucker Carlson file charges and uh, also still sue civilly. Um, and that's the only way it's going to stop. I, I found it. I found it interesting that Antifa, um, that has been accused of being the group here, uh, Antifa, their Twitter uh, feed was suspended. They're not permanently banned. They were suspended yeah. by Twitter. Well, look, um, whoever did it um, deserves to be punished, and I didn't hear anybody condone it. Even the far left loons aren't condoning it. Um, I will tell you that this is exactly what happened in uh, the late 1920s, 1930s in uh, Germany. Exactly. There's no difference. Also happened in the also happened in the uh, in 1919 here in America and in the mid 30s here in America as well. But not to the extent. No, if the fear never the the fear paralyzed them. Yeah. Back. If these people aren't punished then this is going to escalate to where, as you said, somebody's going to get killed or badly hurt. We're headed to 1968. Let me play that audio again, uh, just real quick. Play the beginning of that audio, please. We might need to know. We know where you sleep at night. Stop. That individual, Tucker Carlson said, was on his show recently, uh, and he said he recognized uh, the voice. I had two people tell me last night uh, that... They also recognize the voice. This is before Tucker said anything. And they said, this guy was just on uh, Tucker's uh, show. You can take that audio and they can voice print that. We will find out who that guy was if he's in the public eye. Yeah, and if the D.C. police investigate it. Um, But everybody's watching now. whole country's watching. And, uh, you know, Mr. Carlson himself is I would file absolutely file a lawsuit against these people um, for putting my family in danger. Bill, we talked about this earlier this week, and it kind of goes here. Um, What we saw in the uh, in the original vote, I don't know how it's going to turn out now, was that the American people turned down the. Uh, real strident uh, right in in Romney counties, and they turned down the the crazy left uh, all across the country, which told me that we have a big portion of America that is just not interested in this kind of fight. Do you agree with that? I think they fear um, these people, these kinds of real. Uh, committed zealots who will stop at nothing to advance their political agenda. I think they're feared by independent Americans who say this isn't our country. That's not what we want. Um, And 
There was an article today in the Wall Street Journal that Elizabeth Warren is finished. I believe that to be true. I don't think the Democratic Party can go with Bernie Sanders or any of these far, far left people. they got to okay. go moderate. So let's talk about that. I also want to talk to you about um, Acosta and the shooting in uh, Thousand Oaks, California. And I, I kind of like to tie that to, again, Germany in your book, Killing the SS, when we come back. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. We're with Bill O'Reilly. I've got three topics I need to cover here in the next uh, 10 minutes, so we want to move quickly. But, uh, Bill, first of all, let me ask you about uh, Elizabeth Warren. You said you thought she was done because she was too far uh, left. Would you include Cory Booker and Spartacus in that and Bernie yes. Sanders? Yeah, and Gillibrand and yeah. uh, um, the Senator uh, Kamala Harris from California. Yeah. That whole crew um, that's trying to sell you know, socialized medicine, um, high corporate taxation, high personal taxation – they just can't win. What do you think? So, what do you think about Michelle Obama starting to move in? Uh, she's just doing a lot of things that just seem presidential. Yeah, Jack, you know why she's doing that? She wants to displace "Killing the SS" as her number one book. In the country. The book comes. Her book comes out next week. I know that. Exactly but do you think? Do you doing. think she's? Do you think she's a possibility of a candidate? No. Okay. No. All right, let me go to the heart for that. Let me go to uh, Jim Acosta. Um, Let's start at the beginning. Your thoughts. All right, I wrote a column on BillOReilly.com, which gets into it, and I don't have time on the Beck program. He is far more important guest than me to really get into the micro of it. But if you want to know, BillOReilly.com has a column. Acosta's job, Beck, as you know, is to get information to the people that watch CNN. So on a presidential press conference, his job is to ask questions, mm-hmm. not what he does. He makes mm-hmm. statements, mm-hmm. and then he tries to provoke mm-hmm. a response, not get a response that would be helpful to CNN viewers, and they would up their information flow. No. He basically says, oh, you know, you call the caravan an invasion. We know that's not true. You know that's not true. I mean, and you're looking at it going, all right, so you just attacked the president of the United States and insinuated he's a liar or that he's incompetent, doesn't know what an invasion is. That's not what a reporter does. Now, if they want, CNN wants to give a cost a primetime opinion show, good. Their ratings are so low, he couldn't do much worse. But he's a White House correspondent. So that's out of line. And then when the president of the United States, and I've interviewed five of them, says, sit down, you sit you down. Sit down. So there's it's uh, because the only thing uh, that happens after that is chaos. I mean, what does the president do? Yeah, and that's what they want. Correct. That's what exactly what they want. Um, right. Here's the problem with the rest of the West, uh, the rest, the rest of the press corps. Uh, they because supported him. Back, we've gone Correct. Over I know they supported right. him. And and CNN is the worst offender of this. They should have suspended him uh, or, you know, apologized. Uh, they the pre- ordered him to do. I it. know they're not going to do that. So they, but they ordered him to do. It. Oh, I I I agree with you. That's how they make their money. Correct. See, look, once Trump was president two years ago, once he won. Then the media chieftains basically sat down and said, okay, we're embarrassed. We tried to destroy him. He won anyway. Let's make money out of it. So MSNBC under the Comcast banner, CNN under Time Warner, basically told their people, get him. Don't report on him. Get him. 
And then the Fox in people in uh, response to that basically sent out a message, we're going to support Trump so that all the Trump supporters watch Fox and all the Trump haters divide themselves between the other two on cable news. Okay, I I understand that. What I want to ask you is what I I do not want the president picking and choosing who's going to be in the press corps, but I cannot think of anything because he's already tried not to call on. There has to be standards. Right. So what is the president to do other than what he did? Not the president, but uh, the White House communications office is to issue standards. That when the president says sit down and that's the end of the questioning, you sit down and shut up. That's the rule. And, and if they issue that so everybody knows what the rules are, it'll be a lot easier to enforce the rules. That's what I would do. Do you think CNN is going to abide by those? But it doesn't matter because if they don't, then they're vanished. Okay. Um, Let me move to Thousand Oaks, California. They've got a double whammy happening now. They've got another wildfire in California. Yeah. uh, And they had this this killer go on a rampage. Um, And first of all, before I get into the aftermath of that, any thoughts on, on that? My analysis on the shooting in the bar is the same as it was in the synagogue shooting, the church church in Charleston, and the high school in Broward County, Florida. The men that have done this have one thing in common. They are isolated from society. They are loners. They live on the Internet. They are emotionally disturbed individuals who in the 1950s and 60s, when you and I grew up, would have been isolated by society. People would have seen their behavior outside. Now you don't have to go outside. Okay? You can live on this machine and talk to other people as screwed up as you are. And then finally, when you look around and see your life means nothing, and you don't believe in anything, you have no relationships with anybody, then you say, I want to end it, but I'm going to take people with me. All right? And that's what happens. It's the same scenario over and over and over. There is a really powerful video that is out of this mother whose uh, son uh, was not killed in Vegas, but was there, survived, and then was killed here. And you can understand what she's saying because, you know, her son was just killed. And she's saying, I want gun control. Now, we, you know, it's not appropriate to talk to the mom about this at this point, but California has the strictest gun control in the nation. What they're really saying is we want ban, gun ban, not gun control, because gun control is already established legally. It's already there. They want ban of guns. Okay, so anybody um, possessing a gun, you have to give it up or we arrest you. That's what the left wants. Okay, they want to disarm the entire population, particularly with handguns and AKs, things like that. That's where they're going with this. So gun control is impossible. Mm -hmm. Criminals will always get guns. Um, They don't abide by the law anyway. And a gun, so what a gun they want ban. is a, a complete total ban. And the, when you hear that, that's what they're talking right. about. Right, and and the ban will work out uh, even worse because the sure, only it people, people defenseless. Yes. 
Um, if you're in a rural part of America, I mean, they would let you have a rifle. Uh, they wouldn't take rifle, hunting rifles away. But if you want to protect yourself with a handgun in a dangerous neighborhood, they would absolutely take your right away if they could. Uh, let me go to uh, two pieces of audio here. I want your comments. First is Chris, uh, Chris Cuomo last night, and then it's followed by Chris Matthews. Listen. The only consensus there is, is in a canard, and here it is. First, I would like to offer my thoughts and prayers. Because that's what you do when you offer thoughts and prayers. You mock those who lost loved ones, because if you gave it any thought at all, you would never walk away from any of these without figuring out a better way to deal with them. Okay, stop now. Let me... Uh, talking about mock. Uh, now, let me play uh, Chris Matthews. And what do we do? I, and we do it because somebody's a nut or this guy, a nut has a gun, a gun with a nut, a nut with a gun, whatever it is, somebody with an attitude, a bad life experience, whatever it is. The easiness with you get a semi-automatic Glock, which is a beep, 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 beep. It doesn't take any intelligence or skill or talent to use one of these guns to just kill people in their really? face. And they're doing it now with some rapidity in this country. So, uh, you're right. Uh, the moments of silence are about all that Congress has the guts to do, and it's not good enough. You, know, you mean in thoughts addition- and prayers? Yes, I'm sorry, and that should be yeah. outlawed. I know it's well intended in some cases, well, but no, usually it it's a throwaway it's- line by a staffer who knocks Stop. off some script. Some- Bill O'Reilly mocking yeah. thoughts and prayers and then sure. calling for it to be outlawed. Look. Cuomo and Matthews play to a crew, all right? That's the only people who watch them. You don't get discretionary viewing with Chris Cuomo and Chris Matthews. The crew is largely secular, doesn't really believe in religion to any meaningful extent. And I'm generalizing now, Mm -hmm. of course, all right? So prayers and thoughts... To that crew, that, that's why uh, a waste of time. And then the, the overall message that they send is what I just told you. Both of these individuals want gun bans. They won't say that because that becomes an extreme position. They can get in a lot of trouble, so they'll never, but they'll code it. They, they speak in code. The cliche is dog whistles, you know, that ridiculous uh, Mm -hmm. phrase. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you will look and step back and see what really drives this mass murder, it's how we are living in America. That's it's how we are living. But we're a free society and there's no solution to that. So you can live the way you want to live unless you break the law. And what happens is these people they get so isolated, so desperate, so hopeless, they decide I'm leaving the planet and I'm taking people with me. And that's it. And, and you're not going to stop that no matter what you do. I'm sorry, but it's impossible to stop it. Bill, any thoughts on, uh, you know, you just finished all your research with the SS. Um, we are silencing voices. We are, you know, talking about, you know, banning uh, guns. We're talking about banning speech, intimidation. Uh, you have Antifa on the street, which is, you know, our American version now of the brown shirts. Um, any any thoughts to leave us with? 
Well, I don't think that what happened in Nazi Germany can happen here. We have too much structure to prevent that. Um, I do believe that we are heading the United States into a period of time where hatred is overwhelming the public discourse, and that did happen in Germany, and that led to power uh, being distributed to the Nazis, who then used the power to exterminate people. That was the SS, was the arm of that. Okay, that's not going to happen here. But the hatred is going to cause people to be harmed. It is. And, and we have to, we commentators, you, me, and the other sane people with radio and television exposure, have to keep pointing that out. And look, we've we got to tamp the hatred down, and we've got to recognize evil, and all of us have to collectively fight evil, which is the theme of killing the SS. And that is our responsibility to do that, um, not ridiculously inflame the hatred, which is what you're seeing now in much of the media. Bill O'Reilly, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bill O'Reilly from uh, BillOReilly.com. I will tell you, I said this earlier this week, uh, the the right is beginning to work together. And everything this audience has always said, and I've I've strived for it for so long, um, but in some ways, contracts didn't allow. uh, And others, uh, you know, they just wanted to make their own path. And I understand that. Uh, And we all are making our own path now, but we are starting to work together, which I think is really good. We're not looking at each other as competitors. We are looking at each other as, uh, you know, patriots that are in the fight together. And we may disagree with each other, but we're in the fight together. And I think that is really important, especially as voices are going to be squelched. And as things get tougher and tougher, we need to... As Franklin said, hang together or we will all hang separately. Sponsor this half hour is Simply Safe. Simply Safe is a way to keep your family safe at home at night. It's a way to make sure that nobody is opening up windows or doors. Uh, nobody is uh, coming into the house. And if somebody does come in or try to get in, the siren scares them off. The police are called right away and their picture is taken. And that's amazing. And it's not one of these really crappy pictures. You're like, well, that gray blob there is the guy we're looking for. Simply Safe keeps more than two millions Americans safe every single day. I have Simply Safe in my home, my daughter's home. Uh, Stu has it, or Pat has it in his home. You have it in your home, Stu? Uh, it's actually my uh, sister-in-law's. Okay, home. yeah. Um, it starts uh, at you know just by going online and ordering. Now you'll set your system up within minutes. Really, within minutes, even I can do this. Uh, the sensors are practically invisible, so they don't wreck the look of your house. And before you know it, your home is set up for professional monitoring 24 hours a day. You never have to sign a contract. You own it. You will not believe how inexpensive it is. It is simplysafebeck.com. Get 10% off your Simply Safe system right now. Go to simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. Glenn Beck. So Chris Cuomo was mocking people with their thoughts and prayers and said, enough is enough because you're you're only mocking people and you're not doing anything about it. Yeah, I'll read the quote in case you missed it. The only thing you people do after these shootings is hopes and prayers or keep you in my thoughts every time and wonder why these things keep happening. 
Oh, that wasn't was that was Chris Chris Cuomo. No, it was a little different than Chris Cuomo. I mean, the exact same point. The wording's a tad different. Yeah, he said hopes and prayers, where I thought uh, Cuomo yeah. said thoughts and prayers. Right. Yeah. The, yeah, the difference is um, that the quote I just read came from the California shooter moments before the attack on Facebook. This was the, every leftist you see on Twitter, on television, on Facebook today that's saying this whole mocking thoughts and prayers thing is expressing the exact thing that the California shooter expressed on Facebook immediately before the shooting. And it, he wanted it to be his it's his manifesto mm-hmm. and here is his and he, message. I mean, think about this. The Unabomber manifesto, they had the FBI had to basically force news organizations to print when people have manifestos. They don't want them on the air. Every one of these leftists is going on television and reading his manifesto, just rewording it and giving it their own endorsement over and over and over again, all over the media today. Unbeknownst to them, because they probably haven't even looked at what he wrote. But thank you, Chris Cuomo and Chris Matthews, for making the killer's manifesto your own. Glenn Beck. I want to talk to you a little bit about our shared fate. Here in America... We're divided right now, but we ought to be careful of throwing more logs on the fire because we share the same fate. What happens to the left will happen to the right. What happens to the right will happen to the left because we are one nation. Whether we like it or not, we are one nation. When we see pain in someone it is human nature it is one of the best things about humans is to see the pain in others to feel empathy we are beginning to lack empathy and i'm seeing it i'm seeing it everywhere thank goodness i didn't see it of course i wasn't looking for it but i didn't see it yesterday um about ruth bader ginsburg You know, the president came out, said nice things. You know, everybody I know said nice things about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We, you know, we don't wish ill on people and we don't wish pain on people. But we're beginning to. The head of Vox came out and said, no, I don't have any sympathy for Tucker Carlson's family or his wife. How is that possible? Americans have always believed in taking care of the least fortunate. And half the country believes that's just a scam now for the other half. And one half, the other half, thinks that nobody even cares about people. They just walk over dead bodies in the street. We don't want harm to come to one another. We do want to care for one another. We don't want people who cheat cut at the front of the line have special favors we do want basic fairness basic fairness everybody should have an equal shot we shouldn't be hoping for chaos in the streets because we have a shared fate but we're not talking to each other anymore 
are not listening to each other and we're expecting the worst from the other. I want to share something that I wrote in Addicted Outrage, and it's about Don Lemon. And a lot of people are, you know, they don't like Don Lemon, and, and you have reason to be, you know, disappointed or angry with him, especially recently. But when I wrote this, he had just called the president uh, a racist. Last night, I, I read something that was, I think it was from the Washington Post. The first paragraph was about me and how bad of a human being I was because I dared question the president on race. He said, Glenn Beck once, asked, once said that the president was a racist. Yeah, that, that is true. I once said that. And I immediately corrected it and said, no, that's not quite right. He just has a, 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 a deep problem with white culture. Once. How many times has this president been called a racist? And they celebrate it now. Let me, let me read what I wrote. Now, Don Lemon and others say that Donald Trump is a racist, and they're applauded for it by the left and vilified by the, state, uh, the red state voters. What Don, however, is saying is, I believe very much what I tried to express. Something's not right here. And because I'm not sure what it is, I'll use the most basic word I have to describe what I'm feeling. Now, the feeling I believe that Don cannot pinpoint or perhaps even understand is the loss of heritage and national identity. Now, a lot of people on the left do not have um, this this loyalty, and I don't mean it. I do not mean it the way this is going to sound. I'm using one of the moral principles that Jonathan Haidt, a guy from the left, says that the the left just doesn't have and they don't understand it. And it is loyalty. It is the loyalty to the country, the loyalty to our heritage. And it's not a bad thing. We all need each other. We all need the people who are way out on the edge. And you need the people who are the stick in the muds because together we actually get it right. So they don't have the same loyalty to the flag or the same understanding to our future. They don't feel the same way on the 4th of July. They just mock us for that. And we generally say, well, that's because you're a heartless communist. Neither of those are true. So the feeling Don cannot pinpoint or perhaps even understand is the loss of heritage and national identity. Many Americans feel that Every good that this country has done is being erased or ignored by the elites. The white culture or the white male cisgender hierarchy really just means to many on the left, the Western Judeo-Christian culture. It's been attacked on every side. And those who are comfortable with cisgender talk are not comfortable with Judeo-Christian talk. But believe me, in many times, in many ways, we're talking about the same thing. Maybe it is racist to some, but a deep-seated hatred of the white culture seems to fit. And that's what I said about Barack Obama. Perhaps Don Lemon, who I know and I like, does hate the Western world, but I highly doubt it. But what we all fail to see is we're talking over each other. No one on either side is willing to recognize that our verbiage is doing as much damage as our belief system. 
I believe that what Barack Obama and those in the Marxist gender, race and um, inequality studies, you know, spoke about as fairness was and is understood by many Americans as racist and sexist. And when Trump or his supporters speak of the loss of traditional values, the left hears, I hate Mexicans and them gays, too. On both sides, what we hear in some cases may be accurate at some level. But it is the level of those who mean it this way that makes all the difference. And this point is we don't trust each other enough. We have to find what brings us together. And we have to find the language that can do it. I go to so many different churches and I love it. I just love it. And I, I love it because I can laugh so many times because I can speak different languages. I, you know, I know what people mean when they say, you know, let the blood of Jesus wash over you. That's not language we use in my faith. And in my faith, that might make people uncomfortable. People who don't go to uh, a church that talks about the blood of Christ, they misunderstand it. And they think that's creepy or weird. No, it's not. They're saying the same thing as, let, forgive yourself, forgive others. Let, let redemption happen. Now, there are people who don't like the word redemption because redemption what am I? I need to be redeemed because I'm so it's crazy what happens with words. But as I sit in all of these different groups and I listen to people. You're, you're all saying pretty much the same thing. Now, there are those who are not you go to, uh, you know, you go to, you know, the church of Satan, I guess he's not saying the same thing. You go to a meeting with the 12th Imam, he's not saying the same thing. And those people, we're never going to be able to find the right language because there is no right language to bring us together. But how many of our differences are being caused because we're not willing to accept anything other than the worst in one another? I mean, look at... Look at these principles. This is from Jonathan Haidt, Moral Foundations. Look at, these, look at these moral foundations. His point is, is that there are moral foundations that the left and the right have. The left and right only have three in common because the left only focuses on three. But there are six of them. And the conservatives have all six. But we generally lean on the three that they don't have. So, Karen Harm. Now, let me just read this to you. Karen Harm, this foundation is related to a long evolution as mammals with our attachment systems and an ability to feel and dislike the pain of others. It underlies the virtues of kindness, gentleness, and nurturance. We all have that. Fairness and cheating. This foundation related to the evolutionary process of uh, reciprocal altruism. Uh, it generates ideas of justice and rights and autonomy. 
Uh, fairness included originally equality, which was more strongly endorsed by political liberals. However, as we reformulated the theory based on new data, we emphasize proportionality, which is endorsed by everyone. Okay, just can we can we live together? Can you take the fruits of your labor? And is it not an equal outcome, but is it is it in some way uh, connected to? What you do. Loyalty betrayal. This is the one that they don't have. Loyalty and betrayal. Foundation is related to our long history as tribal creatures able to form shifting coalitions. It underlines virtues of patriotism and self-sacrifice for the group. It is active anytime people think that it is one for all and all for one. Authority and subversion. The foundation was shaped by our long primate history of hierarchical social interactions. It underlines virtues of leadership and followership. It includes deference to legitimate authority and respect for traditions. The left doesn't have this. I'm speaking generally, and this is Jonathan Haidt, who is a liberal. Uh, the other one is sanctity degradation. This foundation was shaped by the uh, psychology of disgust and contamination. It underlies religious notions of striving to live in an elevated, less carnal and more noble way. It underlies the widespread idea that the body is a temple and can be desecrated by immoral activities. The last one is liberty and oppression, and this one the left does have, except they have oppression. They don't have the liberty side. We have the liberty side. We also have oppression, but we emphasize liberty. The foundation is about the feelings of uh, reactants and resentments people feel towards those who dominate them and restrict their liberty. Um, okay, it goes on, but here's, here's, the thing I wanna, here's the thing I wanna show you. We have to start concentrating on oppression, care and harm, and fairness and cheating. Those are the three languages and morals that the left understands and speaks. That's what they're all talking about. Oppression, uh, you know, fairness, and you just don't care. We have to start talking about these. And we can talk about these, for instance, care and harm. We need to start showing the people that Antifa is harming and show the people that are really, truly innocent standing by the side. It's why Martin Luther King won, because he, he showed the big, bad policeman and the racist in the South as harming people who were doing nothing wrong, who were just looking for peace and fairness when you're looking for fairness and someone is causing harm to you, the left understands that as a bad guy. Well, you have that. You have that in Antifa. You have that in bad people. Bad actors. But we don't respond just asking for fairness in a polite, gentle way today. They didn't have the Antifa thing. We didn't have the fear of the violence under uh, Barack Obama as much as we do right now. Things are going to get worse. We also need to show that what's happening in our school is oppression, but we have to speak at a softer tone, not, accus uh, not throwing accusations, 
because we're not talking to the people who are actually doing it. We're never going to break ground with Antifa. We're never going to break ground with those who want to indoctrinate our kids and oppress them and tell them to shut up, sit down and just say these words. Repeat after me. Repeat after me. That's oppression. That's oppression. We need to find ways to show our friends, not on the left, but in the Democratic Party, that you are standing with people who are causing harm. They are not out for basic fairness. And they are actually creating oppression. It's Friday, November 9th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, let me just read this from from him. Uh, this is from Jonathan uh, Haidt. The left cannot recognize this failing. They don't understand conservative values, and they don't understand this, and they don't recognize their own failing because they're so convinced of their own rationality, open-mindedness, and enlightenment. We need to help citizens develop sympathetic relationships So they seek to understand each other instead of trying to use reason because reason follows the moral sentiments. Second, we need to create time for contemplation. Research shows two minutes of reflection on a good argument can change a person's mind. We don't have any time to reflect in today's society anymore. Sponsor this half hour is ZipRecruiter. All right. Uh, ZipRecruiter is a way for you to find the most qualified jobs. Maybe they can fix the election process. They uh, find the most qualified people because they listen to um, to what you're looking for as a business owner. And then they go out and they search the Internet and they search all the job sites. And they have just they're the biggest uh, they have the biggest file of people looking for a job in the country now. They're the, they're the biggest job headhunter in the country now. Uh, and it's ZipRecruiter. And, and they have all these computer scientists that have come up with all kinds of algorithms and ways to be able to find the perfect match for you. Used to take 24 hours. They now say you can get the perfect match within an hour at ZipRecruiter. It's really really truly amazing what they've done ziprecruiter.com slash back if you're looking to hire somebody do it for free right now you can try ziprecruiter for free ziprecruiter.com slash back see if it works for you it's the the number one job site and voted number one for hiring it's ziprecruiter ziprecruiter.com slash back Look, you know, one thing that I think people are not going to pay attention to are the people who are going to be in the most danger in the future are going to be the people like Malcolm X, who were once fired uh, or fired up and were tearing us apart and who will wake up and say, wait a minute. Louis Farrakhan has claimed in the past in subtle ways that he was responsible for the killing of uh, Malcolm X because he betrayed uh, the cause by going all soft. But listen to what let me use Don Lemon as example. Don Lemon would never call me and say, Glenn, um, you know, this thing about calling Barack Obama a racist. I don't even understand how you got there and have a serious conversation. Nobody, nobody did. Nobody would. Um, And we could have had a good open conversation and it would have been healing for the country. Same thing with Don Lemon, where he came out, you know, and said, I think Donald Trump is a racist. 
if he would if he would sit down and really listen, but the arrogance is too high. Um, if he would sit down and listen and you could say, look, Don, here's what I think you're feeling. And he would come out and say, wait a minute. It's not necessarily racism. It could be with some people, but it's not what people are afraid of. They're not afraid of Mexicans. They're not afraid of Muslims. They're not xenophobes. They feel as though the American ideals, principles and history is under attack and that everyone is saying that it's this culture needs to be destroyed and America never did anything good. If if somebody would come out like Don Lemon and say, guys, I get it. I, I suddenly get it. And, and you're right. And I can see how you feel that way. And we have to stop that. It's not that all of America is bad. There's a lot of good things about America that that the right understands. It would de-escalate things and you'd be able to have a conversation because how many people in America would go, yes, yes, finally, finally, somebody gets it. We feel like you're peeing on us every day. It's not a fear of people who are different. It's a it's a fear of losing the things that we really, truly feel are good for all of us. We are a nation that is, we're, we're segregating each other. We, we are in segregation, self-segregation. Uh, you believe one way, you live here. You believe another way, you live here. And uh, segregation is, is not good. It is normal to self-segregate. But we are now segregating ourselves online, too. So all of our opinions, uh, we're only comfortable with the ones that we think are on our side because everything has been made into a war ideas ideas are what we should be looking for we need to challenge our own belief now studies show that uh conservatives are actually better at this than um liberals if you go to you know you go to a barbecue and you start talking about for the most part and this may be changing and it's bad if it does uh, if you go to a barbecue and there's a bunch of uh, conservatives there and you start spouting liberal ideas, but you're decent about it, most likely you'll have a lot of people who will engage you on that and talk to you about it and want to know your point of view, et cetera, et cetera. Same thing with religion. If you go and you're a jerk, that's different. You go into a cocktail party uh, on Madison Avenue or on Central Park West and you start talking about, well, I don't know. I, I mean, Donald Trump has done some good things. You are not going to have a pleasant night. That's a problem. That is a problem. Good at, uh, you know, good at examining other people's ideas. Not so good at examining their own ideas and, their own, and being self-reflective. And that's what we need to work on is being more self-reflective and and having these conversations, um, and not necessarily, you know, let me um, let me read a bit of what I wrote in the book "Addicted to Outrage," which also fits today. Uh, what I wrote about um, Samantha B. There is a there is a uh, uh, a chapter in here about Samantha B. And about why I did what I did with Samantha B and how it worked out. And I just want to read uh, 
I just want to read just part of it. Most people outside my audience don't know this, but I used to be funny. In fact, early in my talk radio career, stations weren't sure they wanted a funny, not all political talk show on before Rush Limbaugh. I traveled a ton and I would do 40 city comedy tours every year. Then when we went to Iraq, which I had supported when I saw, uh, but later when I saw we really didn't have a plan that would work, I soured. But I began to understand the Patriot Act was anything but patriotic. I saw the Republicans betray everything that they said they believed in. The economy collapsed, and I saw us abandon the free market to save the free market. I, too, wanted hope and change, just not from the guy who had been a good friend of Jeremiah Wright and was an active member of his church. Things began to change for me, and I knew we had to, uh, and I knew how to draw a crowd, how to make people laugh. But it was important to me to expose and convince the country that many Americans were horribly and dangerously wrong. It became a mission, and when that happens, your world changes. I explained to Sam uh, my journey, my mistakes, and my regrets. I think for perhaps the first time, she had a little understanding of me and what I had tried to do. Perhaps not. If, in fact, she didn't, explains the path that she took. Now, this is I'm talking about a I'm talking about a private conversation that we had in a, in a dressing room. Um, and um, I'm only exposing it because I want you to understand. I want you to understand how this happens to all of us, to all of us, and only the honest will be able to get out of it. CNN will not be able to get out of the Jim Acosta spiral, death spiral, because they are not being honest. They are not honest brokers, in my opinion. I told her that uh, an audience that she would get would cheer and would grow the more she took on the king, whoever that king would be. The more she fed their outrage with her coverage, the more they would cheer. But in the end, even though she said she was not doing it for ratings because, and I believed her on this, she honestly had something to say that she thought would help, she would end up doing damage that she didn't recognize at the time that would divide us even further even if it wasn't her intent. I tried to explain how I really believed, and in some ways still really believe, that I was acting as a pressure valve, uh, relieving steam that my own side needed released. I make no apologies for that. I believe it. What I hadn't seen is that by making my own side laugh, I was also inflicting deep wounds on the other half. Those wounds she would also inflict, and she would, as time goes by, regret them more and more. Because I believe she was smart and deeply compassionate, who happens to be tasked with making her tribe laugh, and at the same time being an activist for what she believes in, I saw trouble. This is a new territory for most, People who can do it are paid a great deal of money and are encouraged by those who pay them to uh, keep going. Don't give up. Go get them because it will mean eyeballs and ratings. She asked me, so how do I do it? I'm paraphrasing. I told her I'm not a comedian, but an opinion guy who moonlighted at being funny on the side. But if I had to do it all over again with the knowledge I have now, I would probably end up mostly doing the same way I did the first time with a few exceptions. I told her as a student of history, I hadn't found any examples of anyone in the media, comedy, etc., who had ever charted a successful course through these waters. A few weeks later, I called her to discuss coming with me to Detroit to do a service project together with the caveat that our audiences were not allowed to talk politics. We would then end a weekend at some theater and discuss what our audiences learned about the other side working side by side. 
She said, I don't know how I can make that funny. My next suggestion a few months later was come with me to Asia or Africa and rescue slave children. She said, that's even harder to make funny. I said, the funny is, is you being locked in a plane with me at 40,000 feet with nothing but ocean underneath for eight to 12 hours. She didn't take me up on the offer. The more and more I saw her clips and her stories, the more worried I became for her. She had chosen a course, or perhaps like me, it was the only one she knew or understood how to work, and it was the path that she f- that I felt she would soon regret. When she finally called Ivanka the C-word, I cringed. It was her Obama is a racist moment, but unlike that moment for me, this was scripted and she meant it. It was planned and approved in a comedy room and by producers. Somehow this feminist had gotten to the point of calling another woman a name that even Donald Trump hadn't used, at least in public, when he described where celebrities could grab women. It was degrading and an insult when he referred to that as locker room talk. But without justifying it at all, it is who he is. And you don't change when you're successful because you have no motive to change. Everything's working. What's more, everyone around you at the time is incentivized to boost you up, to empower and enable you to go even further. No one around Trump or B provided any kind of real pushback. They had surrounded themselves with like-minded people who had seen success and provided no help to the talent or the person because that was all part of what made them successful. You're seeing this now with the Democrats. You're seeing this now with CNN. No one at CNN is going to tell Jim Acosta to stop. No one is going to tell him that. Because they see this as, oh, he's the guy going after, he's the guy going after Trump. He's the nemesis of Trump. That makes us the other side, the opposing side when it comes to when it comes to Trump. Not seeing that everything they accused me of or Fox of during the Obama years is exactly what they're doing now, except to the 10th power. Remember, I was called on the carpet by Fox for saying that Bill O'Reilly had me in in his studio and asked me about that. He did not agree with me. They didn't all say, you know what? Glenn Beck's right and jump on the bandwagon. None of them did. None of them did. But this is why this is uh, what CNN is doing now. They're jumping into the boat, calling the president racist. They're jumping into the boat saying, yep, we can treat this president any way we want in press conferences. And this is going to be their destruction. They're not. You know, I've always thought I'll tell you a story some other time. Uh, I thought at one point, you know, these people are just enemies of mine. And uh, in prayer, I, I strongly felt, no, they're not. How dare you? They're enemies of, of freedom and they're mine to deal with, not yours. Don't deal with them you do what you do you do what is right and uh they're not an enemy of yours they're a enemy of man's freedom and i will deal with it okay if there's no humility and you are so convinced that this person is your your enemy or uh, the enemy of all mankind 
And it is on your shoulders to do it. And only you can do it. Only we can do it if we band together. You can head into really dangerous waters quickly. They still, they still pillory me for the Washington Post today has a story out where they're pillorying me for conspiracy theories. You mean like the caliphate? You mean like Benghazi? Really? Because those turn out to be right. You mean like an economic collapse? Because you're all saying that's coming now. I'm just always wrong on timing. You mean like when I said it was going to be 1968 and there would be assassinations? Because we've already had people shot and we are coming into even worse things. Uh, what, what part of the conspiracy are you still harping on? While at the same time, you're floating all kinds of conspiracies about this president. We, we have to stand out and be different because um, more and more people are going to be really angry. And gosh, it almost doesn't matter what they do anymore really almost doesn't matter what they do it only matters on on how we react to it and that was one thing my father taught me that really pissed me off no i didn't make you mad son yes you did no i didn't you're making you mad what your emotions are your choice okay spock have a seat but it is true life is not what happens to you life is how you deal with it and you are either going to be crippled by it. It's like, why don't I don't want to play the woman today from um, uh, from a thousand oaks, the woman who lost her son. He had gone through the shooting over in uh, Vegas and survived and then came home and was now shot at a thousand oaks shooting. I mean, that is just tragic. And I can understand how she just doesn't want any. She didn't want anything. She didn't want to hear about God. She didn't want to hear about thoughts and prayers. She just wants gun control. She wants them all off the streets. I'm not paying. I'm not not playing that because of what she said, but it's because of the emotion. I can understand how she feels, but we don't ever make any good decisions when we're motivated by anger or deep emotions. All right. So there is a few things that um, few things that you should be really aware of, especially with tech. One of them is the 5G network. You got to know what that is. You have to know what blockchain is. Blockchain changes everything. Uh, you also have to know what deep fakes. If you don't understand those three things, I think you're going to be you're, you're on the way to understanding the future. And blockchain is really hard. Cryptocurrency is just it's 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 mind bending. It took me how long did it take us to a couple of years to really kind of understand it. And we still really don't. Yeah. When you first heard about it, if you would have listened, shut up, you would have shut. You wouldn't be here today talking. You'd be on some island somewhere up. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Tika Tuari is one of the best guys to talk about uh, cryptocurrency and uh, and to teach about it and blockchain. It's something you need to understand whether you invest or not. 
I want you to take the Smart Crypto course, smartcryptocourse.com. You will see what blockchain is and why it's going to affect everything, and same with cryptocurrency. The world is just on the edge of having this explode. Uh, go to smartcryptocourse.com, smartcryptocourse.com, and take the course or call 877-PBL-BACK, smartcryptocourse.com. Let me go to Tim in Idaho. Hello, Tim. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hi, Mr. Beck. I'm so glad to talk to you. Um, things are great in Oneida County, and uh, we missed you. <laughs> ah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, you talked about moving forward, mm-hmm. and I, I've seen this cycle go on and on and on. We can never, ever, ever move forward until we start treating our fellow man with kindness and love and true, true kindness and respect. We show it with our manners in a positive visual way. We smile. We say please. We say thank you and mean it. it you know, one of my greatest mentors were, were uh, dogs. And mm. I, I've learned how to treat my fellow man as their dog would treat him when they come home at night. Mm. And I, I have that attitude because I want to be missed when I'm gone. And I know how, how dearly we miss our animals when, they, when they're gone. Yeah. And uh, one last point, and I'll, I'll shut up. Fifteen years ago, I started applying manners to my driving habits, and it has totally changed my attitude about driving. I love driving. I love sharing the please and thank you and the positive things with my fellow motorists, and I know I'm, I'm avoiding road rage. I know I'm uh, positively connecting, making great eye contact with other motorists, and it's, what it's doing is bringing people to a sense that, hey, this is important. Yeah. And we're paying a price for the digital market. We are losing the ability to communicate. Well, Tim, I, I, uh, I agree with you. Um, I, I agree with you. And it may seem like a small thing, but if all of us start to do these things um, and stop walking around in our own bubble, that's the problem. Our cars are like driving around houses. Um, we're in our own bubble. We have everything at our fingertips, and we don't recognize that we're all in this together. We share a fate. We share a fate. Glenn Beck Mercury.